This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. I got Nerev Shabbos. Hope everyone is well. Just like to be my dear the oil and notify our Kehela that I know a few weeks ago we mentioned it was discussed about me taking a position in a different community, in a different shul. Just want to notify the shul at this time I am not pursuing that job. And Mr. Shem, I will be staying here in our shul. So uh, this way you hear it from me first instead of uh, rumors, speculations from other people or from other sources. I am notifying the Olam that I plan on staying, Mr. Shem, here with our shul. And uh, Mr. Shem, we will continue to grow and learn together. This week's parish is Parashas Pinchas, where we are introduced to an idea about being a kanoi, being someone who stands up for what's right. I think in English they translate it as zealot. And there's always a question of when is kanoius right and when is it wrong. Not every single time and every single moment should a person be a kanoi. But sometimes it is right and sometimes it's wrong. How is a Jew supposed to know? When is it his time to step up to the plate and make a difference? And when is it perhaps not the right time to step up and to make a statement to an action. How are you supposed to measure? How is the person supposed to calculate when is Kanoyis right and when Kanoyis is not correct? They say over there, they once told, they once asked the Briskarov, we see in this week's parasha, that Pinchas got this beautiful award, Brisi Shalim, the crown of peace. So why wasn't he chosen to be the leader of Klai Yisrael? Why Yeshua and not him? And the answer was given because a Kanoy cannot be a leader. And the Biskarov was very upset by this. He said, where does it say that? Who said? But I think there's a lot of truth to that. That a Kanoyesha attitude, that idea, doesn't always work for leadership. But definitely the Torah tells us in this week's parasha, there are times when it is the right step. And it's what's need to be done. And it's ultimately what stopped the plague of 24,000 Jews dying was the act of hero, heroic act of Pinchas. But how do we know? What rule can we use in our own lives to figure out when we should be like a Pinchas? And act heroically and step up and do something, or perhaps maybe we shouldn't. And I believe the answer lies in the Kliyakar in this week's parasha. The Kliyakar points out what Chazal already tells us when the Torah introduces us to Pinchas, it gives us a background. Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aaron Akainit. It tells us all the way where he comes from, who his father was, and who his grandfather was. And Chazal are bothered why is it important for us to know where Pinchas comes from, why is his background relevant? Chazal tell us because the other the the, the the Jews themselves, the the people would yell at Pinchas and say to Pinchas, Who are you? Who gave you the right to kill a Nasi? Who gave you the right to slay our leader? Your grandfather on your mother's side was Yisrael. And your grandmother on your mother's side was Yisrael, and Yisrael was an Ividavizara. So who gives you the right to come today and to do such an act of killing a Nasi? So the Kliyakar points out that before Pinchas even did what he did, he anticipated he was going to get the flak. He anticipated the people were going to yell at him. He anticipated the people were going to have tainas on him. And the godlessness says the Kliyakar, he did it anyways. I believe the Kliyakar is letting us know when you know something is real, is when you're willing to give up for it. When you say to yourself, I know I'm going to do this and it's going to hurt me. I'm going to get pushback. I'm going to get backlash. It's going to hurt me even perhaps financially. People are not going to be happy with me. But I'm doing it because I believe it's right. How do I measure what's right? The answer is if I'm gonna, it's going to cost me. 
if, it, if, it, if the thing I want to do doesn't require any mysterious nefesh, it doesn't require me to give up of anything, then perhaps it's not an ultimate act of kanois. Maybe it's because it's stylish, it's fun, I have nothing to lose. But if I'm willing to give up, I'm willing to lose, I'm willing to get into trouble, people to be mad at me, but I believe it's right, I believe it's true, that's kanois. That's when the Torah says that's the right thing to do. If it's too easy and too fun, it's not necessarily the right thing to do. The way to tell if it's the right thing is if you anticipate that there might be a chance that it's going to cost you. And you do it anyways because you believe it's the right thing. That's Mesir's Nefesh. That's giving up for the glory of HaKadosh Baruch as opposed to just doing something that perhaps will get you attention, maybe get you covered, maybe make you money. It doesn't make someone a Kanoi when he does something to make him money. When a person does something, even though it's going to cost him, but he believes deep down in his heart that it's right, then he should act upon it. But the Torah teaches us something even more than that in this week's parsha. The Torah teaches us where did Pinchas get the strength to do this? The act that Pinchas did required an unbelievable amount of mesiris nefesh. It required an unbelievable amount of a push to do this. And the answer is because he got it from his grandfather Aaron. The love that Pinchas had for Klai Yisrael, watching what was happening, knowing that this tragedy, these people dying, was all because of what was happening. Pinchas said, I have to do this. I need to help Klai Yisrael. His deep-rooted love for every Jew that he learned from his grandfather, Aaron Akain, Oyev Shalom. Pinchas said, I can't just sit back. I need to get involved. I need to do something. Even though my involvement means I'm going to perhaps get backlash from people and people are going to yell at me and people are going to have tainas on me, but I can't sit and watch. Klai Yisrael's hurting. His deep-rooted love for Klai Yisrael, which he for sure got from his grandfather Aaron. Aaron was known as the Oyev Shalom. Everyone loved Aaron. Aaron got a bigger uh, attendee, ad- attendance, so to say, at his Leviah because more people realized Aaron's role in bringing Shalom than even Moshe Rabbeinu. So Aaron, so Pinchas learned from his grandfather, this is what you do for Klai Yisrael because you love Klai Yisrael. It was his deep love for Klai Yisrael that pushed Pinchas to do what was hard. And that's how he went out of his comfort zone. And that's how he did something even though he was going to get pushback because he learned it from his grandfather. He learned it from the Mishpacha. And that's what we find similar in the parasha, the idea of the Benoit Slavchad. Rashi tells us the Benoist Slavchat had a deep-rooted love for Eretz Yisrael. Where did they get that deep-rooted love for Eretz Yisrael? Rashi tells us they got it from their great-grandfather Yosef. Because Yosef loved Eretz Yisrael. Yosef asked to be buried in Eretz Yisrael. So they learned it from him. Ask of Moshe Feinstein. Why does it have to be that they learned it from Yosef? Why can't it be that they learned it on their own? They studied up and they, and they learned up and they learned. They came to the conclusion that they love Eretz Yisrael. Why does it have to be something learned from a great-grandfather? And what Moshe Feinstein says, we learn from here. There's something more important when it's passed down from one generation to the next. When it's taught by action. When it's taught by a Messiah. When one generation teaches it to the next generation. That's more powerful than if you come to it on your own realization. And therefore the Torah is, is, is praising B'nai Slavchad. That they learned this, they realized this because it was trained from their great-grandfather Yosef. And their father, like Slavchad, also loved Eretz Yisrael. Which is why he was so worried to see that the Jewish people after the Miraglim would not consider Judaism a part of their life anymore. And therefore he did the act of the Mekoshesh. So the Torah is reminding us what we need to give over to the next generation is that love of Torah and mitzvahs that we have. It needs to be passed down to the next generation. Because the success of the next generation depends on how we give it over to them. If they see it from us, they learn it from us. They absorb it from us. That will ultimately allow them to live it to love it, 
and to give it on to the next generation. But we also find in this week's parasha the exact opposite. When the Torah tells us about the Nasi, who did the act of Znus with Cosby, a Midianite, it says, who was he? Zimri ben Salu, Nasi, all the way back to Shevet Shimon. Why did the Torah feel it important to tell us it goes back to Shevet Shimon? Because Shevet Shimon was the, who was the head of that tribe? Shimon. What did Shimon do? Shimon stood up for, his, for her brother Dina's honor. And, she got, and he got up and he did something in a positive way. He went to war to fight to protect his sister. And you, Zimri, you come from that tribe and you got up and did something on the exact opposite. You got up and you did an act that was against Torah value. So sometimes the Torah reminds us it's not always about your upbringing. Sometimes you can be brought up in a home that loves Torah and it won't be transmitted to the next generation. It's an unbelievable responsibility that we have as parents, grandparents, and great-grandparents to make sure we're giving it over to the next generation in a way that's going to be accepted. In a way that they see it. It's tangible. They feel it. They love it. They embrace it. And that's why the Torah attributes it back to Pinchas was the son of Aaron, the son of Allah, the son of Aaron Akrain. He learned in his home that the way you do chesed is you love everyone. And when you love every Jew, you do what it takes to help. And if you see that there's a tragedy happening, unfolding in front of your eyes, even if it's going to cost you, you go out and you make a difference. You look around clients where we have so many organizations of people who will drop everything and anything to help a Jew. Hatzalah, Chaverim, it goes on and on and on. This is this lesson. It's this lesson that when I see a Jew is struggling, it doesn't matter who, what, when, I drop everything and I go and I'm there for them. That was transmitted to Pinchas. And that's how Pinchas knew he was doing it for the right reasons, because he got nothing out of it. If anything, he'd get flack, he'd get pushed back, he'd get yelled at, he'd get abused. The Torah is reminding us, if you want to know when an act of kanoyis is justified, when Hashem wants you to do it, as if it's not going to give you any krovet, there's going to be no kickbacks and perks. We learn from this week's parasha how a person needs to live his own life. When you have to take a stand in a matter. When is it always not kedai to take a stand? It's not always good to be a kanoi, but sometimes you have to ask yourself, if I don't stand up for kvot shemaim, if I don't stand up for klai Yisrael, who will? And usually if it's going to cost you something, it's going to be uncomfortable, that's the best time to stand up. As well as we learn what the terror expects us to give over to the next generation. To be like Yosef who gave over to his children that love of Eretz Yisrael so many generations later. Like Tzlavchad who infused in his daughters the beauty, the chashivas of Judaism. As well as Aaron infusing into Pinchas. To realize when we need to step up and when we don't. To realize when we need to get involved and maybe we shouldn't. But more than anything, continue to give it over to the next generation in a loving way. Where they can live Yiddishkeit feel Yiddishkeit, and ultimately give over Yiddishkeit to the next generation. Have a wonderful Shabbos.